Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Believe it or not, it is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 106 for Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey. What's happening? Uh, all sorts of noise coming from your end. I think we're having Skype issues, but, you know, the show must go on because we, we missed two weeks already. And, That's uh, right. Noisy or not, here we come. And we need to we need to keep going. We need to move on. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. There's, there's a sound. There's a sound happening. Some kind of anomaly. We'll see if it goes away. There's an anomaly. There, there's ghosts in the machine, as the police a called it back in, uh, back in the 80s when they did their... their What's album. going on there, Hurricane Wisdom? Uh, definitely no hurricanes right now. We, we dodged two of them last week. Yeah. Which, uh, was nice because... It was a little uh, scary there to uh, the prospect of getting hit by two hurricanes within a couple of days. And neither one, the first one dissipated and the second one hit west of us. So we, uh, we looked out. Um, it is hot, though. As always, this time of year, it is hot. But I think uh, we might be... We're, we're still in hurricane season, but... Uh, We'll see. We might be we might be out of the woods this year, which is good, man, because twenty twenty has already dealt us with enough enough racky stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. We don't need any anything. We got some nice weather up here, though. It's like seventies, you know, nice like pre fall little tease weather. Oh, I love that weather in Jersey, man. The pre oh yeah, the pre fall tease weather. It is good stuff. Um, all right. Well, anybody listen now, we apologize for that background noise. I don't know what's going on, but we're hoping that it just goes away. One of these days, we're going to be in a professional studio, and we're going to have uh, none of these issues. Maybe they don't hear it. Maybe We're maybe. going to have people we can yell at to fix <laughs> Right. Hey, Gary, Baba Booey, fix this problem. Fix this problem. It's all noisy over here. I can't hear anything. 
Yeah. So I don't hear it on my end, so maybe it's not out via broadcast. Maybe it's just on my... Yeah, maybe it's not out via it's broadcast. It's just on your end. Maybe Chunk Steve. will join us and he'll tell us. I don't think he's going to... Chunk. Chunk just moved, right? He just moved from uh, oh, Grand Rapids, Michigan to Memphis, Tennessee last week. And he, hey, and he started his new job this week already, so he's getting himself acclimated to that. and uh, Exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, things on the website are a little bit on hold right now as far as his end is concerned because he doesn't have everything set up yet in his new house, like his internet, his computer, and, and all that fun stuff that you have to do when you move. Um, but uh, this weekend, I think he's getting all together. And it's Labor Day weekend, so it's a three-day weekend, so he's going to have some time to catch up with stuff. And we got a lot to catch up with on that website. There's a lot of a lot that oh, needs, yeah. a lot of work that needs to be done, so... I've been doing some stuff behind the scenes mostly, so nothing that uh, is going to sh- really show up to the user, but uh, eventually it will, but not right now. Uh, I'm going to carefully move this drink so I don't spill it over here. Okay. I gotta, no drink spillage penalties. Yeah, I got to, you know, got to be careful. I'm, I'm uh Clutch at times, and I have a lot of expensive electronic equipment around this area, so I need to try get like a sippy cup with a straw. I should get one of and the lid that locks. So even if you, yeah, so you, even if you knock it over, it can't leak out. You know, like a child's sippy cup. Get an yeah. extra large one. Yeah, I wonder what this sounds like out there. Nobody's joining us live. Nobody really does except for Chonk, ever. So we're not gonna know. We're not gonna know until the end. What's going on with this audio? It's always the way it is, Steve. You never find out until the end. Yeah. So, okay. So, we were off a couple of weeks because last week we you were having some technical issues with Skype. Or, uh, yeah, Skype was down for whatever reason. Yeah. And uh, and I was kind of down for the count. I overslept, and uh, so it didn't matter anyway. And the week before, I don't even remember what happened the week before. I think you had Mega PT. Mega PT, yeah. I've started my physical therapy on my arm, which let me tell you, man, it is the most painful experience I've ever gone through in my life. It is physically painful, um, and I have to endure it three times a week. And um, it, it seems to be helping because she took like measurements of range of motion measurements, basically, Initially, when I first went in for the intake, which was August uh, 10th, maybe, around there. And then she took more on Friday, and there has been improvement in just about every measurement she took. So, it's baby steps, man. It's uh, That's encouraging, though. It is encouraging, because it doesn't feel like I'm making any progress, really. I mean, a, few, a little bit, you know, like a little bit with my range of motion. But it's still so damn painful um, all the time. So I, it's a long road that I'm on for, for healing with this. But uh, I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing the PT. I'm doing the exercises at home. I still haven't played, picked up my bass in, uh, in a long time. And it's sitting right next to me here. And cursing, looking at you. T- yeah, taunting me. And I'm I'm almost a little afraid because like 
I'm afraid to find out that I can't play. <laughs> and I, I don't think that's going to be the case because I, th- I can, you know, I can do the motions with my right hand and, you know, and, and it's fine. But I don't think I could play a, a five-hour gig right now. But, I, I, you know, I'm sure I could physically still play. So it's just going to be a matter of, you know, just, just kind of, once I'm really feeling up to it, getting back into the groove of practicing and, and getting back to, you know, where I left off, that'll take a little time. But once I'm there, I don't think it'll take too long. But once I'm there. What's the outlook on um, gigs? There is no outlook on gigs yet. Uh, which is, I mean, good in a way because I'm not really missing anything. Oh, right, but I mean, there's no, um, bars are still closed, right? Bars are still closed here in New Orleans and, and for the foreseeable future, uh, still going to be that way. Um, I think really bars, the club scene in New Orleans, and maybe even everywhere, but definitely here, are going to be one of the last things to come back. Um, you know, because it's just, it, it seems according to the... the experts that seems to be one of the the biggest uh, areas where there could be uh, uh, spread of of any sort of virus is is in that sort of social setting in a bar um so yeah so i think i don't know man i i i don't i can't really make any sort of predictions because i just don't know but i do think it's going to be one of the last things to come back um, the, the whole the whole bar scene the way it was I mean all the the concert tour stuff on the on the on the uh, the large level you know the professional concert level they're not planning until next year oh yeah no for sure you know any any concert I've seen that has been postponed uh, from this year has been rescheduled for next year for spring or summer of next year. So, yeah, yeah, a year from now. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I saw some, I saw one today, Jeff Tate of Queensryche, who had a tour postponed, and his dates are rescheduled now for April of next year, and they are not even U.S. dates, they were European dates, um, which right, I, th- right. I think has fared better, Europe has fared better than the United States, as far as the, the Rona is concerned. Um, but across the board, I think that's the way it is next year. So everybody take the rest of the year off. September. you got four months now. Yeah, Just fortunately, like I said, we've had some gigs, you know, outdoor. Uh, outdoor venue settings. I played two weeks ago at a country club. Right. Outside on a big giant you know, patio with, uh, you know, for the dinner crowd. And there's probably, you know, 75 people there. That's not bad. Spread out, you know, over a big area. And then maybe another 50 or so, like, on the outskirts, sitting at, like, high tables, you know, having drinks and stuff, not really dining, per se. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was great weather. Uh, band sounded great. The sound uh, in the little cove, like, we were in an alcove, like, you know, imagine, like, the patio seating area, but it's in the nook of a building. You know, like the L part of a building that faces the golf course. So we were set up in the corner, facing out. So it was a nice base trap. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting to me 
when you and I talked about the uh, the types of tunes, right, that I was playing with Jimmy's band. Right. They're not your average cover band tunes. As a matter of fact, none of them really cross over to any songs that you would say are is a popular cover band song, you know? Right. You well, that's cool. Possibly work, you know what I mean? Right. However, for the past two gigs that I, I, I played with them, out both outdoors, you know, to, to, to crowds of about 100, uh, people were very taken aback at the song selection being like, wow, I can't believe you guys played that. Nobody plays that song. I love that song. That's so cool. That's, that's pretty interesting that I we've gotten that type of, uh, you know, response from people and also feedback to say, you know, uh, like from the set list. And it, they're all good tunes, but they're just obs- more obscure tunes that you wouldn't normally do with a cover band, you know? Right. Like, Heart of the Matter, Don Henley. Great tune. Great right? song. But yeah. th- wouldn't I think I've ever seen a cover band play. Yeah, I, I don't recall seeing anybody play that. Yeah. But, but they, you know, they do it. Steely Dan, stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. But it's interesting to see, like, you know, you choose a path to say, we're going to play tunes that we want to play that are great songs, you know, but are not really the mainstream song that you'd go see a cover band play. And it's like they almost carve a niche for themselves that way where, you know, their following is, is around that, you know, uh, perspective of the, the types of tunes that they play. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. right. I, so I'm interested in the whole crowd. You said about 75 people there. Now, are people... It, I mean, you said people were kind of taken aback at the song selection. So are they kind of sitting like in a concert type of way, like where they're just sitting and watching the band? Or, yes. or are they getting up and... So they're not no, getting up no. and dancing? No, they're not, no, people did get up and dance. They did get up and dance. But picture this. So it's an early gig. It's a six to nine, right? Okay. So six o'clock is like dinner time. Sun's out. There's 50 people sitting down at tables eating. They all have their masks off, but if you're up and about, you have the mask on. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so, we're, they're, so are there yes. tables? They're sitting at tables? Table. And eating? Table. And, and like how many people at a table? Um, like were they small round tables six, or big like long? Six-ish. Okay. No, six. Tables of six probably. So they're like big round probably, tables. You know, 10 tables in, in the seating area and then another, you know, four or five outside, you know, the wall, we'll call of the patio onto the grass area. And then there was like high boy tables beyond that. But okay. the majority of the people that were sitting, you know, in the patio area were, were eating and drinking. Okay. So are they are they like distanced at the table too when, without their masks on? From each other, no. From the tables, yes. Tables were okay. spaced apart, but they but I guess parties that came with with each other were sitting together at a table. Okay. So, so, so it's almost people. like... I observed a couple of people wearing masks at the table, but for the most part, not. It's, so, it's such a weird thing, because it's almost like if you're with people that you know, and... and like, well, think of it, not to cut you off, dude, it's also upstate New York, so it's way more rural than like where I live, even. Right. So... You know, it didn't really get hit as hard with COVID, right? But it's still like this, this, this new normal way of living everywhere in public, and it's almost like if you're with people that you know and and you have a, a fair idea of where they've been spending their time recently, 
and are fairly confident that they have not caught this virus, then you're cool with, with sitting close to them with no mask and you know, everything. I, I mean, but if you don't know the person, then it's like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what your contract tra- tracing is going to be. So, yeah. um, it's such a, it's such a no weird mask. world, man, where they've been in. But it was interesting that way because then people got up and danced, you know, as the night went on, you know, but it was, you know, outside. And I'm sure you've seen this, too. It's like you can't open. You can't come out of the gate swinging. You know what I mean? Right. At this time crowd outside, you know, you have to ease into the set. Because sure. Like a, like, a, like, a, like the cocktail party at a wedding. Exactly. It's so loud to the people at the table that, you know. In the beginning, there was this one guy who was like, "You got to turn it down," and it's like, "Dude, we're not. The PA is not even on yet." Right. Like, all you're hearing is the amp and the ambience of the drum, and I'm not even playing hard tune. Yeah. I, I, the guy's I, playing. He's probably fifty feet away. Yeah. So after like about ten minutes, they, they all got up and moved to a different table, which was great because then they put the younger people at that table and they were there. Right. I. Uh, so it was the crowd. I would say the crowd was anywhere from like twenty-five to fifty. 25 to 50 years old? Yes. Okay. That was probably the range of clientele. Okay. You know? Um, but, yeah, it was, it was great, dude. Like I said, it was, you know, people enjoyed it. They were out. And not taken... Um, when I say taken aback by the song selection, I don't mean, like, in a bad way. I mean... Sure. Like more in a, like, they were like, wow, you know, like, I've never seen a band do that. Thing. Right. Um... Such a weird world we're living in, dude. Yeah, but eighties and nineties, dude. All eighties and nineties tunes were like big hits. Yeah, pretty much always are. Especially you know, with that. Kind but I mean, even the obscure ones, you know. Right, but especially with that age range of people. That's, oh yeah, those are your winners. Um, it's so weird. Like it. You know, I, I don't go out much in public, really. I go to the store, and I go to my physical therapy, or go, and I go to the doctor, and that's it, man. I'm not going... I mean, occasionally, I went and spent uh, some time with a friend of mine a couple weeks ago at his apartment, just uh, uh, just hang out, drink a beers, and uh, and it's, you know, for, for me, that's fine. There's no... Like, I know the guy. Um, I know he's been, you know, basically quarantining himself. And I really, I don't really have any fear of catching this thing. I think that's the the thing with a lot of people, why they're frustrated and they want to get out and just do normal stuff because they're not afraid of it, and and, and rightfully so because I, I, most people don't die from this, and and some people do get sick and and have lasting effects from that sickness, and that sucks. But I, I guess people just kind. A lot of people just don't live in fear in general. Like the, people are going to go and skydive and go do stuff that that really pushes the limits of of safety. Um, and you know, it, it's it's such a weird. It's just such a weird world. You know, like I don't really have a strong opinion either way on on e- on this. A lot of people do, but I I'm just kind of rolling with whatever happens. Um, you know, just doing my part, wearing my mask, staying away from people. Um, but I, I'm also not afraid to go out. If a, if there were a public setting with, with a lot of people like that and some not wearing masks, uh, I just wouldn't really be afraid of it, you know? 
but I'm not. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, no. listen, I've been on walkthroughs at work, and you're outside with, you know, a dozen people, and they're all standing six feet apart, and people are still have masks on. You know, some yeah. people, some people don't, some people do. It's become such a fashion thing, like I knew it was going to be. You know, every basically every single company now. Oh yeah, you is using it as a way to advertise their thing, which I'm going to do too. You know, it's it's just uh, the thing to do. It's um, also it just becomes like it's not a you know it's it's like habit now, right? You have your mask, you get out of your car, you put your mask on, you walk to the store, you put the mask on, you walk to work, put your mask on. You yeah, have your mask. Yeah, in a very short amount of time, it has become normal to walk around in public and see people wearing masks. In fact, it's normal. It's it's not normal. If you see people without masks, you're like, wait, wait, what are they doing? They're not. Why are they not wearing a mask? Well, in any place, you can't go in without a mask. You know, in any store you walk up to, says you must have a mask. I went though, and I got a couple sandwiches before the hurricanes were coming. I was thinking, I got like two big submarine kind of sandwiches. They call them po' boys down here. Um, And thinking that they would last me, hot or cold, they would last me at least a few days. Just in case, you know, the storms are bad and power went out. And it was from this, I found this, uh, it, the, the food was really good. I got it through Uber Eats uh, a couple weeks prior. And I was like, I got to go, I never heard of this place. I got to go find it and go, you know, order something there instead of paying an Uber Eats thing. So I, I looked it up on Google and the maps and the map took me to like an empty parking lot. And then I called the guy, I'm like, where, where are you guys at? And he said uh, he was in a shell inside a gas station. I'm like, oh, okay. And the food was really good. Then you wouldn't think to, to get good food. You, you would ever get good food from a gas station. So I went there, and there's no sign. There's, and there's one guy there, and I'm like, uh, so do you have a menu? And he's like, uh, yeah, here's the thing. We don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, we just basically take orders through uh, DoorDash and, 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 uh, and Uber Eats and it things just like makes that. Stuff. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was like, well, can I order something here? And he goes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I ordered a couple of subs. But, and he's the only one. He's making the food, and he's doing And he seemed relatively busy. He's like, it's going to take a little while. I'm like, yeah, no problem. It was good enough. That food was good enough for me to, to wait for it. I was like, I, I don't have a problem waiting. This food is really good. Okay. But the point I'm getting to is he was not wearing a mask, and he was working in this public thing and, and serving food. And I I would think at this point that's, that's a no brain. That's a given. Like if you're if you're in food service, you have to wear a mask, man. You know, gloves, mask, everything. As and he wasn't wearing. And and I thought it was peculiar that there was a guy working there at the shell as the cashier and stuff, and he was all masked up. And people that were coming in, all the customers were, were wearing masks, and this guy's not. And I thought about asking him, and then I was like, eh, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want him spitting in my food on purpose now or, or whatever. <laughs> Being like, I'll show you mask. Yeah. Like, but he, he seemed cool and whatever. But again, I just felt like, eh, you know, I'm just not afraid of it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this delicious food and I'm not going to worry about catching a virus from it. It's, it's just, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. You know, it just, it doesn't feel dangerous anywhere to me. Um, and again, I think it's because, and this is why a lot of people have a problem with us just still being quarantined, is because you're just not seeing it. You're not seeing it in front of you. You're not seeing people drop down to the ground. You're, you're not seeing people unable to breathe yeah. in public. You, 
whatever's going on is going on behind closed doors in our hospital. And we're just seeing numbers, you know. And, and occasionally, if you watch the news, you see reports of certain people. Um, but in general, in every day-to-day life, you're just not seeing this in front of you. It's not like the movie Outbreak where you're going around and people are in hazmat suits everywhere and people are freaking out like, ah, I got to get out of here. You know, it's just, it's just, it seems like a normal life in general, except for the fact that we're all wearing masks. Well, the thing you got to think about, too, is outside of major metropolitan areas, right? Like, if you're in a more rural section, then chances are those people are working with the same type of people, you're in the same geographical region, you know what I mean? If there's not COVID there now, the likelihood of it all of a sudden, there's not going to be an outbreak of it, you know what I mean? So you're more than likely the people, if you're dining outdoors or you're in a public place, the people that are there you know, are wearing masks and whatnot, but they're more than likely don't have COVID. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying? more than likely. So it's more than likely. So it's not like, you know, in the city where when it first, you know, it broke out, it's like it said the subways and all the major, you know, just the, 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 the sheer amount of volume of people touching the same things, you know, that's where it, it becomes like a crisis point, you know? Right. Yeah, and it just, just even like with social media, as, as connected as people are on Facebook and Twitter, um, and as, as many friends as you have on those platforms, I haven't really seen anybody that I know, you know, has gotten real sick. Or, uh, you know, I know some people who have caught it, but I don't know anybody that, who have tested positive, but I don't know anybody that's gotten real sick. Um, and I haven't heard stories of people that other people know. So it's not... It just doesn't seem. Yeah, yeah, I do. I know people who got it. I, no, I know sick. people who got it, but it's it's not like every day you open Facebook. It's like, oh, shit, you know, Jeff got that, you know, the COVID. And, oh, yeah, so did Mark, and like, that's not happening. I don't see it. Right. Like it's not that crazy, and it is, no. and it's horrible that this many people have died. One hundred eighty-five thousand, I think we're at something like that. Um, uh, you know, it's just so. I, I'm get. I'm just very being an observer with this whole thing and not trying to get too worked up about either either way of, of like oh, I'm all cooped up or or right. uh, you know whatever I'm just I, I, I think especially because of my physical situation that's really making the difference where I'm like huh, I can't really play right now anyway so I mean I can if I had to like if if work started up I would go play even now even with my arm the way it is like not fully healed I would just, I would go do it. Because um, it feels like it's been so long to me. It's been, you know, four and a half, five and a half months now. When was the last time you gigged? March 15th, so five and a half months. Yeah. Um, which, I, you know, I've gone that long before in my life, not playing gigs. Uh, it hasn't been often, but I have. Um uh, yeah, I just don't know. I think Bourbon Street, that whole scene is going to be one of the last scenes to come back. Because, again, I've, we've had this discussion before, but it's just this city requires tourism to to have those businesses thrive, do any business. You need the tourists here. And sports yeah. and conventions and weddings and uh, bachelor parties and things like that are, are the reason people come here. Um, some people just come for the 
the sake of coming to the city too, but a lot of people have those destination reasons. And the first, at least the first Saints home game, I think the first two Saints home games, they've said that there's going to be no fans in the stadium. And that's what brings people into this city. That, you know, that's, you're talking about a, a huge arena of, of you know, 60,000 people or so. Um, and that's a lot of people. And a lot of people that come from out of state, people that come f- for the visiting team, they come they're like, hey, man, the Cardinals are playing, man. We're going to go to New Orleans for the weekend. Woo! You know, and they get a hotel and they come and they spend money. And, you know, no fans, no tourists. Right. Ghost town. Yep. Yeah, and crazy yeah, times. Dude, same thing sure. with college football, too. Here, people come for LSU. And I don't think college football, I don't even know if they're playing. Um, if they're going to be playing. And then weddings, you know, things like that. I mean, I, I guess the ones that have been planned. Some Maybe of the outdoor ones, you know, like in the past I've played in the fall weddings, you know, like September, October, you know, outside on a farm under a giant tent, you know, and bands on his own little bandstand and people, you know, the dance floor set up and, um, you know, that sort of setting I think would still work, you know, for a party. But I mean. Dude, like, same thing. Like, there's probably half a dozen outdoor gigs that I would have played with these guys over the next two months that were canceled. Right. Whether it be, like, Fall Fest or, you know, October Fest or there's different, you know, all kinds of different uh, events that they would normally have and that they weren't able to do any of them. Yeah, that might be an advantage here when it gets colder because... You can pretty much play outdoor gigs here year-round. You know, it doesn't get super cold here. But any, no bars are doing any outdoors, right? Do you have any outdoor stuff? No. There? No, well, that's, yeah, that's the thing with Bourbon Street is that's all indoors, everything there. There's no there's no possibility even to have outdoor. There's a couple places that have outdoor all the time on Bourbon Street, but, you know, the majority of the clubs are indoor, and there's no other there's no other places to play. There's no, like, crazy corner. There's no, like, back. There's a, a little patio outside, but not nearly room enough for a band, much less people to watch a band. Um, so, and that's pretty much the case everywhere on, on Bourbon Street. So, but there's other places that I think you can play around the city or or in the Gulf, on the Gulf Coast that will you'll be able to play outside in December. So that'll be an advantage for, for musicians in the South, at least, like probably Florida, too. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, Los Angeles. Los Angeles gets cold, though. But uh, but definitely not up north. It's, if it's snowing, you're, you're not playing outside. Usually. No, even if it's a mild winter, it's still too cold to play. You know I mean? Think about we used to play Chambo's Oktoberfest. You know, that was usually... Last weekend, you know, it's usually first weekend of October, I think, for four or five of the years that we did it, maybe first, second year of October, depending how it fell. And there was, you know, there was a couple of times we played that gig, man, where, like, you could see your breath, like, it was cold out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've played those you know? gigs. And other times we played, and it was, like, comfortable, nice fall weather. But you, 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 you know, you remember how it was. Yeah. It was hit or miss, man. It was a couple of times it was chilly out. Yeah, I played one here in Mississippi a couple of years ago, just before Christmas. 
and it was it was like in the teens cold here which is very rare man and we played outside <laughs> and that was that was probably the coldest yeah that was the coldest gig i've ever played that was and it was just recently the last couple of years um thankfully it was you know, like they didn't make us play long sets because they knew what was going on and uh when we weren't playing we could go to a warmer we'd go inside a house it was warm um it's just a house party out back really nice like right on the water um like really nice house it was just so freaking cold i mean it's that is when you're like you can't feel your lips and you go into the mic and you you almost like your lip is almost freezing itself to the microphone yeah like stuck like the kid from uh christmas yeah christmas story uh, yeah yeah and your fingers like yeah, it's not you know, it's brutal because it's like, I mean, especially instrument-wise, like your fingers can't get your hands working, you know? Yeah. Um, can't get with gloves, that's for sure. So we'll see how things proceed here um, as far as, or everywhere, I guess, as far as this this thing is, uh, this thing is going. But I, I think most people have come to terms with the fact that Look, we're just not playing. We're not playing for a while, and we're gonna we're gonna act as though we are, will be playing, but not, we're gonna push it till next year. We're we're figuring by next year, you know, things will be back to normal. We'll be touring. We, yeah, so make now. use of the time. You know, it's the one thing I like about the, these guys, the OC Five guys, is that they, you know, they rehearse every other week. You know, learn these new tunes, get together, do them, work on vocals. You know, arrangements, medallies. Like they're always, you know, engaged. You gotta, you gotta keep moving, it, it, and it's, it, it's really gonna separate the men from the boys in, in this situation because people that, the people that are still moving, that are still doing stuff, that are trying to to figure out what to do, and, and staying active and and working through the challenges. Those are the people that are really gonna thrive when it when everything does come back, because um, they'll already they're they're still moving. So people that have stopped are going to have to kind of restart the engine and, and it's going to take a little longer. And yep. things things will have changed, too, in personnel, in bands, uh, just life changes in general. People, you know, in it's a short amount of time, but still people go through major life changes, like myself, like hurting my freaking arm. Um, and, uh, but, but you have to, like, I'm not doing that myself i'm not playing but i'm still moving i'm doing stuff i'm doing stuff with the website i'm doing you know um and uh, it it, one of my bass player friends said it on facebook within the last couple weeks and i agree with him and i don't want to go out and tell everybody and be preachy about this but he said if you don't have a plan b by by now you got to get one because you know if you're if you're not playing and you're not anticipating things coming back and and what you're going to be doing at that point and 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 if you haven't used this time productively in some way then you're going to be behind the pack you know the technology is changing people are and i anticipated this too dude and and, and i even said it to a, an ear that didn't agree with me but People are uh, artists like regular artists are now doing live stream things and they're charging money. They're paying uh, like Melissa Etheridge has a subscription service where she, she does a live stream once a week 
and you you buy like a monthly subscription or yearly subscription or whatever, and you, and you have access to her, and that's how she's making her money. And smart, that's the that's the thing to do. If you're not if you're in that position where uh, the level of a Melissa Etheridge, where you have that kind of audience, there's no other way to make money right now. And that's a lot of these artists have been relying on touring because record sales have disappeared and streaming services aren't paying nearly enough um so the only way they were making money is touring touring and merch and now you can't tour so so the again the ones that are really gonna thrive are the ones that keep moving keep doing stuff no matter what yeah you gotta stay relevant and keep you know stay out there and like you said keep moving forward Uh, that's the key gotta keep doing something and like you said when it's not going to be the same when it all turns around. So you can't just sit and wait for, you know, gigs to start again. Like you said, you need a plan B. You need a different a plan of attack, a different, you know, perspective on, on how to be creative about rebranding. And, you know, uh, like you said, what opportunities are out there to, to make money, you know, in this environment as opposed to the traditional way of just going out and gigging or touring. Yeah, it's big. It's, it's kind of a quantum shift in this this industry. And well, know. it's a quantum shift in a lot of things. I mean, like you know, everyone's now saying like an office used to be a place where people went to go to work. You know, now it really doesn't. You don't need an office door. It's been proven. You know, so what happens to now the office market of you know all these companies taking huge amounts of of, of office space? You know, in these office buildings, right, for their people to work, yeah, to go to work, and they they can now realize that it's not about you know that they. I mean, listen, you still need the camaraderie of an office. You know, you still need the interaction. It, it, it is a little kooky, you know, to do it all remote, but they're saying that now, you know, you're going to find that they don't need that as much space. A lot more people are going to work from home. You know, there's going to be more flexibility in how people work and, and how they connect and to what extent they use, you know, Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all these other platforms, Skype and, you know, whatever. There's so many. Cisco WebEx. You know, it, it becomes a new, uh, uh, an easy new way to, to easily, uh, you know, get visually uh, and audio connected together, you know, on multiple platforms. I, yeah, I think the best new technology that's going to come about from this, uh, and I don't know when or, or how it's going to come, but it's going to be somebody that figures out a way for people to, to really jam in real time online. Because um, yeah. no matter what you do, there's a latency issue. Um, so, so the, but that breakthrough, I, I think, I don't know if it, if it's scientifically even possible because of the nature of the fact that you're just in two different locations. But I, I don't know. I, I think if if the desire is out there enough for something to to be able to f- be figured out, then then it will happen. And that'll I I. I I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens from somebody soon, some sort of company that figures that out. But it, it hasn't happened yet. But for musicians, that would be huge. Um, okay. But there, there, there's so many things that musicians can do now, even if you're not playing. Like, For instance, I, I, uh, a friend of mine, this guy Frank from Jersey, Like, I, I put up every day, essentially, for people to join the website, create a profile, and he responded to comments saying, uh, yeah, man, I just got to get some videos together and blah, 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 and I'll do that. And I said, you, you don't need videos to sign up. You can just sign up for a profile. And he said, oh, all right, cool. So, you know, you, you don't need to put any sort of limits on yourself 
that you don't have everything that you need right now, you don't have everything together, you still need to keep moving forward and do things like that. Like, just get your name out there. If nothing else, having this website, Caravan Central, gets people's names out there more because it's another place to get your name out there that has a large audience. So, um, it, you know, it's it, that's it, it's just a little thing to do, but there's so many little things you can do that will add up to big results. Um, I was thinking, dude, I, I, I joined this, uh, started this uh, uh, 21-day writing uh, workshop today, and it's by Mike Dooley. He's, he's the Notes from the Universe guy. Um, t- you know what I'm talking about, right? Right? Oh, yeah, I saw it, yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I signed up for that, and uh, and I'm excited about it because writing for me was was really what initially got me started with with having Cover Band Central as a group on Facebook and as a page on Facebook. It was my writing that I wanted to get out there. I wanted it to reach the right audience because uh, I was writing about music and musicians. So I just basically found a place to corral the audience. Um, and I haven't been writing much, and I really have had the time, and it... My excuse has been just the pain in my right arm. It's like I'll, I'll write for a while, and then it just hurts too much. But now it's it's getting a little more tolerable. So uh, so it's a good time for me to do this and to kind of discipline myself to write. Um, you know, doing a three-week workshop is is a commitment. You know, you have to really do it. So, so I'm kind of excited about that. I was just watching the intro video for it uh, uh, earlier, and then I took a nap. So three weeks you'll be writing every day. Well, I'll be writing every day, yeah, for the next three weeks, yes. Cool. So I'm hoping that will... Anything in particular you're going to write about? Well, that's what I wanted to get. Like, to, I wanted to just kind of write about... Definitely want to write about this stuff, about the the, the the things that musicians can do now to be productive and to anticipate what's on the other side. Um, and there's a lot that you could be doing and, and some things that people just wouldn't consider. Um or, or, you know, or much less take action on. So I would, I definitely want to get that on paper and get that out to, to everybody. And I was considering, like, I, I love this idea of the workshop of, of what Mike Dooley is doing because he has a, a live stream once a week and each day you get like a new kind of assignment sort of thing and you have a, a you have a workbook, you have a, a dashboard where you, keep track of everything and you join a Facebook group where you can interact with other people. It's really a very cool setup for, for learning something for people who really take it seriously. So I'm considering ideas now. What can I, what sort of workshop can I put together for people that will be, be really beneficial um, that people would uh, resonate with? So I, I don't know. That seems like it might be a good idea, something like that. Um, but it has to be kind of focused like his workshop, uh, he had one a few months ago that was about visualization, and that's, this one's about writing, so it has to be kind of a focused thing. So I, right. I, I just started thinking about that today. Uh, like, what could I do? What what could I do to benefit this this audience? But no, it's but great that ever right there. You know, it's gonna it'll get it'll spur you back into action on writing. It'll give you you know some sort of framework to follow for three weeks going to motivate you to write every day yeah and we'll we'll birth other ideas too because when i once i start writing sure. then it, it starts to kind of get that the juices flowing 
and my juices have not been flowing. <laughs> Get them going, flowing. My juices are sitting in, in in the back of the fridge, and all the all the the, the heavy color is down at the bottom, and you got to shake it up to coagulate, man. Yeah, you got to shake it up to shake it up. Shake it up. Um, so I want to play the game that we play on occasion. And I gotta get the thing. I gotta get the thing for the thing. Alright. It's time for another edition. Stop the drummer. Of Stump the Drummer. I should have played that louder. Alright, baby. What do you got? Alright. Play. Alright. That wasn't it. Stop the drummer. Okay. <laughs> so silly. Love it. Um, what do you got, Stumpy? So uh, occasionally on Facebook, you'll see people do these little games like, uh, I nominate you to name your, your 10 favorite color of gummy bears and, or whatever. I just, I don't know. That's a stupid example. I nominate you to, to pick your 10 favorite uh, actors or whatever and you got to do one a day and then nominate somebody else and I got this from somebody uh, tagged me and said I, I know uh, the, your top 10 bass players that influenced you um, and with no explanation and then you have to nominate somebody else so I, was, I got that and I was like alright I don't normally do these things but I'm going to I'm gonna put out my top 10 bass players that, that have influenced me and um just to have it out there and just it seemed like a fun thing for me to do so I've done seven so far I have three left so I want to see because you're not on a Facebook you're not on the Facebook and <laughs> you don't you don't see what I post so I'm going to see if you can guess so far what my seven are and I think you'll probably be pretty good at this Let's see. So your seven top bass And it's players. in no particular order. I didn't put them yeah, in no a... Yeah, no order, just right. Not I like didn't put them in a specific... Just seven, seven influencers. Yes. All right. I'm going to say... How about Getty Lee? Getty Lee is one. Wait, I need my sound effects up. He is one? Yeah, I mean, anybody, yeah, obviously. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't want to wait. Let's John Paul Jones? John Paul Jones is correct. And that was the first one that I had put. Okay. In. Okay. And he's probably what my number one anyway. But How about John Entwistle? John Entwistle, yes. Number two. Very good. All right. This uh, sound effect thing is not letting me. I'm going to go out on a limb here because there's a potential for it. But Rudy Sarzo? Rudy Sarzo is correct. In fact, I posted a picture because I'm posting a picture of everybody when I when I announce it, and 
the picture I posted of Rudy Sarzo was of me and Rudy Sarzo together. And uh-huh. that, that was yesterday. I posted See that? that. Look at that. So you got so far you got four out of the seven. Correct. Wow. Okay. Let's see. Let me keep going here. Um, With no no clunkers. No clunkers yet. And not the jinx here or anything. Mm-hmm. Who is the bass player from Queensryche? Uh, that would be Eddie Jackson. Is he on the list? He is not. That is incorrect. I got four so far. You got four with one strike. You got three strikes. One strike against me. Yes. Um, so far, to recap, you have said John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin, John Entwistle from The Who, Rudy Sarzo from various bands, and Getty Lee from Rush. Yes, correct. So knowing some of my other favorite bands is helpful. Yeah, situation. no, I'm tr- I, I, I do, but I'm just trying to think of the bass players from that. Um, Geezer Butler? Geezer Butler is incorrect. Oh. But... I would not rule Geezer Butler out for the rest of my top ten, but he has so far not been included. Not in the seven, but there's three elusive ones, and I have one. <clears throat> yes, and that is strike number two. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> would you like to take an extra bonus clue? Sure. Extra bonus clue. One of the bass players is the chief songwriter of the band. That's a good clue. Because it doesn't really give it away. Nikki Six. Nikki Six is correct, and that is not even who I was referring to. But Nikki Six was today's pick. Okay, good. I thought he was. He's a. Yes. So that who was five or seven? Two left, and of the two, one of them is the main songwriter in the band. That is correct. Wow. Think back to my early years. Not that you knew me back then, but... Roger Waters? Roger Waters is incorrect, unfortunately. But I will let you have an extra special September 1st, 2020 edition pick. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Play drunk, but I'll I'll pay a little call. All um, right, so who were the last two the, guys? The last who's two the guy who's the main songwriter in the band? Yes. Give me another hint before you tell me. Okay. Um, Think back to your he early He is part of a, a British band. Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney is correct, but that's not who I was referring to. But Paul McCartney is one of the one of the choices, yes. Okay, so there's only one guy left, and it's the one you're referring to. The one I'm referring to, he is... All right, I'll give you another clue on this guy. Yes, he is the chief songwriter of the band. Uh, It is a British band, and he generally plays 
Bender Precision Basses. That's a good clue. You know, that's not a giveaway, but it's a good clue. You don't know? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. It's not a band that we talk about a lot, but it, it was one of my biggest influences growing up. At that time, when I started playing bass, this bass player was a big influence on me. One of the biggest influences on me back then. Um, because the bass is very prominent in the band. Billy Sheehan? That is incorrect, unfortunately. But we do have a parting gift for you. It's a <laughs> 2020 <laughs> Cover Band Central Kazoo. That's right. Yes, excellent. Thank you. you. Your very own gold-plated 2020 Cover Band Central Kazoo. It's, a, it's sure to go up in value. Get yours today at CoverBandCentral.com. All right, so who is it? I'll, I will give you one more clue. That that might be a giveaway, but the the band's mascot once had a lobotomy. Say again. The band's oh, mascot once had a lobotomy. Now, now I know Steve Harris. Steve Harris is correct. I don't know how I missed that. Yes, I mean those are good clues. I thought like dead giveaways, but good clues. Chief songwriter, British band. Yep. Fender bass, lobotomy. Up the irons, everybody. Um, so I have three more to pick, and and now it's like now I'm feeling this pressure because like those seven for me are definitely gimmies. John Paul Jones, John Entwistle, Steve Harris, Getty Lee, Paul McCartney, Rudy Sarzo, and Nikki Six all very much influenced my playing. And in oh, fact, yeah. in fact, those seven, I would say, have you know combined influenced my playing, and I can feel my influence in all of those guys when I play. Now the other three, it's tough because I have a lot of I have a lot of ways to go with this. And it, but I, I'm trying to stick to it. They influence me as a bass player. You know, so like Roger Waters, I you know, Roger Waters definitely influenced me because I was a huge Pink Floyd fan. But did he influence me as a bass player? Mm. Not really. You know, I never really focused on, when I was listening to Floyd back then, I never really focused on his bass playing. I just, just the music in general. And maybe more his vocals and songwriting than his bass playing. So, so I don't know if that's, if it's great to include him in this. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this very seriously, as you can see. Yeah, indeed, as you should. Um, so I, you know, I was thinking like, John DeServio, JD, who is who is a who is the bass player for Black Label Society, um, and he's somebody I know personally. He's somebody I studied with. Back, he's a Jersey guy. He's a Jersey guy, and somebody I studied with back in like late eighties, early nineties. Because um, I met him, me and Jeff, my buddy Jeff, we used to go down to the playpen in Sayreville on it was t- Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights. I think it was Wednesday nights. And which was crazy because it was like 
we were, you know, our early 20s, we had regular jobs and we were playing in Little Sister at the time and and we had to get up, we both had to get up like super early in the morning and go to work. And like me, especially, I had to be at work at 6.30. So I was like, you know, and it was like a half hour drive to work and I, so I had to be up, like I would barely do anything. I'd get up, maybe brush my teeth, take a piss and go to work. Um, but we would go out to this club that was like an hour drive away on a Wednesday night. Yeah, it was on third, Route 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sayerville, Route 35. And we would go and watch this cover band, Edgar Casey, who was uh, mostly uh, the guys made from uh, the band Prophet, who who had a minor, you know, success in, in the in the late 80s. Um, but they were really super good, super talented players, and they would play really kind of like obscure, not obscure, but they would play cool songs. They wouldn't play Jesse's Girl. They'd play Red Barchetta. You know, they they were playing like the cool rock songs and they were like Queensryche and they were they were really executing it well. It was like the, the place to go on, on that night of the week at that time. And JD one one uh one Wednesday when I was there got up and played Red Barchetta and I was like and he killed it. And I was like, Wow, who is this guy? And so I, I introduced myself to him later and I asked him if he if he gave lessons and, and he did and uh and I started studying with him for, for a while. So I learned a lot from JD. So I still kind of retain the stuff that I learned from JD. And he's gone on to be very successful playing with Black Rainbow Society with Zach Wilde. Um, and he played with Ozzy too, I think. And, and uh, I no, me, he didn't play with Ozzy. But, but I'd seen him, I saw him play with Vinnie Moore, with, with him and Brian Tishy at uh, Madison yep. Square Garden, opening for Rush, <laughs> you know. Um, so that was pretty pretty awesome. So he's he's definitely somebody who's influenced me. So I think he's going to make the cut. Um, and you know, it, it helps that he's sort of known. But it's it's interesting that you put we put up these posts, and the rules of this are you don't explain anything. And that one, I would really want to explain that. I would want to tell that story of how I met him and and uh, and how much yeah, he influenced background me. background on sure yeah. But I can't. Those are the those are the rules. Unless somebody, I guess, specifically asks me, like, hey, J.D., how do you know J.D.? But he played, uh, you know, he played with Brian a lot. Brian's doing some, uh, uh, Brian Tishy is doing some uh, kind of, uh, it's not really a workshop thing, but it's sort of showing, and it's uh, sponsored by, like, Modern Drummer, I think, and he's doing a, a Neil Peart tribute thing, and he's uh, talking about it on Facebook the other day. And all, oh, the, very cool. all the preparation he's doing, and... and He's he's so focused when he's doing stuff like this, and he takes it super seriously. And he's he's well educated enough to know what to do, you know, know how to learn things, and then how to unlearn it. And, and is he doing it like a virtual, like a virtual thing? I, I th- he, he, I'm not sure. Actually, I don't know. I think he might be recording something. I, I don't know. So he's actually. not doing like his Bonham Fest with a bunch of drummers doing. No, this is a different thing. This is like sponsored by Modern Drummer, I think it was, um, uh, just like in the Neil Peart tribute thing that he was asked to participate. Um, oh, cool. So, I, yeah, I think he's just doing like one song or a solo type of thing or, or something. But you know, he, as much as he loves Neil, he's just putting that kind of care and time into it. So that's a thing, like. That's an example of a musician too. That's keeping moving. That's keeping doing things. That's t- taking the opportunity, any opportunity you can get, um, making sure yeah. that this this pandemic, this situation, this life that we have to live now, doesn't stop you from doing something. 
you know, make sure you, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, man. I know it's tough. It's, it's like, I, I'm dealing with a freaking broken arm and I still have to navigate through this just like everybody else too. And I'm moving, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing as much as I can ever, I think, but I, I'm, I'm keeping moving and, and rolling with the changes. So, you know, not to be preachy, but people out there keep moving. If you're good at what you do, you know, you'll figure it out. You just have to keep moving in order to figure it out. It's not going to just sit on your lap if you're inactive. So be active, man. Keep moving. and, and Keep going. Keep and, moving grooving. And the universe will uh, correspond in kind. Um, and including keeping moving is going to the website, curbandcentral.com. Sign up for a profile. We got a lot of stuff to do. It's going to grow. It's going to change. It's going to evolve, but it's going to be there. And I'm never going to shut up about it. So might as well get on there now and start saying stuff and joining groups. And uh, there's going to be, I'm going to do a lot with it. I, I've only really just started, but check it out and please go sign up for a profile. It is free. Wow, man. Such a great and, idea. The Howard Stern. And why didn't the song not come up? I, I, I fed it so well. There we go. We'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.